Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C. Let's be open today. This this chapter for me is about staying simple-hearted, about not knowing, about not knowing. Lala, will you, oh, I didn't introduce y'all. Lala and Tina and Paul and Craig today. Welcome. I'm sure we'll have a couple more chime in. I really like, as I do all the chapters, but this one is talking about that, what I see in it, it's talking about that idea of being open-minded, having that beginner's mind about approaching situations in life as not having it figured out. I used to come into situations where I was being taught something thinking I already had it figured out so I would not learn or approaching someone that had a had a situation or had a problem me already knowing the answer before they explained the problem to me and approaching everything with this idea that I do not know I do not know Lala, you going to uh, get you to read for us, dear? Let me share the screen. And the link is in the share if you would prefer to use that. The 65th chapter of the Tao Te Ching. First translation. In the beginning, those who knew the Tao did not try to enlighten others, but kept it hidden. Why is it so hard to rule? Because people are so clever. Rulers who try to use cleverness cheat the country. Those who rule without cleverness are a blessing to the land. These are the two alternatives. Understanding these primal understanding these is primal virtue. Primal virtue is deep and far. It leads all things back toward the great oneness. Second translation. The ancient masters didn't try to educate the people, but kindly taught them not to know. When they think they know the answers, people are difficult to guide. When they know that they don't know, people can find their own way. If you want to learn how to govern, avoid being clever or rich. The simplest pattern is the clearest. Content with an ordinary life, you can show all people the way back to their own true nature. Third translation, the ancient masters who understood the way of the Tao did not educate people but made them forget. Smart people are difficult to guide because they think they too are clever. They use cleverness to rule the country, is to lead the country to ruin, to avoid cleverness, sorry, to, to use cleverness to rule a country. It is to lead the country to ruin. To avoid cleverness in ruling a country, it is to lead the country to prosperity. Knowing the two alternatives is a pattern. Remain aware of the pattern as a virtue. This dark and mysterious virtue is profound. It is opposite our nature, it is opposite our natural inclination, but leads harm to harmony with the heavens. Final translation. In ancient times, leaders who were right with the Tao didn't teach everybody how to become enlightened. 
They simply kept people's lives simple. People who know too much can't be taught anything. Leaders who try to be clever always screw things up. Leaders who keep things simple always make things right. If you get that, you'll understand the mysterious power of the Tao. That kind of power is so deep, so extensive, it penetrates into every level of existence. Any comments? Does anybody understand that? Well, the second, tra- this, um, this part here that talks about people not knowing the answer, I, th- I was thinking, at, my first thought was that so the leaders could uh, manipulate. But what it's saying is when what I'm hearing it say is that it's so that the people can find their own way. It's not to the detriment of the people. It's for their benefit. So staying this, this cleverness does not help. This pushiness does not help. This demanding and ruling over and uh, controlling does not help. Um, I think of my libertarian views when I think about this. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I I don't want to get too much into politics here, but oh, I, I, I I pretty much I would probably define myself as a libertarian more than anything because I think government should stay out of our lives as much as possible. But I, I really uh, I think Lao Tzu was a libertarian would be a libertarian, quite honestly, Paul. He he would be uh, uh, he he would have. Obviously, uh, environmental concerns, but uh, socially, he'd probably be a libertarian and fiscally a conservative, I would think, with an obligation to take care of people and be, you know, and and do things uh, himself that would be, uh, that would be generous, you know, would help others in that regard. But uh, this idea of, of control and um being so dominating and and, you know we can relate that to our personal life too i like to take all these things and think about how i can personally do this in in my own life more so than in a in a government kind of uh scenario greg the the real thing that jumped out to me was the person that thinks he knows is difficult to teach i remember on my first sponsor meeting i was told forget everything you think you'll because it's gonna, it's gonna grey everything. Let's get to the black and white. It's this, and it's not that. That's the that's the biggest thing that I can actually relate to through this whole passage. I'm not that big into the, the politics of what's what's happening out your end of the way. Um, don't want to get. We have into, enough to be concerned about. We've, we've got enough of our own problems, to be honest with you. But that's 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 what I latched onto is the fact that it's, it's difficult to teach people that think they know everything. Um, really, they, they kind of really know everything about nothing at all, and they kind of become jaded against any other any other opinions or suggestions that you have to them because it kind of goes against the grain of what they already think that they know. If someone thinks, if I think I have it, I'm going to talk about me, not other people. If I think I have a situation figured out, I am useless. I am useless because if I'm not open minded about a situation to take others' opinions. I learned this a long time before sobriety. 
Um, I ran a couple of different businesses. One that I had a had a uh, volunteer board that helped me with uh, an association, and I took everyone's opinions into consideration because I knew I did not have all the answers, and I always. Uh, learn things I did not know and ways to do things and we did things together and I had help that I wouldn't have otherwise it was a whole volunteer association and I had 50 volunteers and we all they all helped and we all did because I valued their opinion and I did not have it figured out before I asked and I, that's part of this too I think is is approaching things with this beginner mind that I do not have the answers. I was, I've made a couple of notes. How much of what we think is obvious is wrong. How many times do we come in a situation and we think something's obviously a particular way, and when it's over, if we look back at what we originally thought, how wrong that was. Happens all the time for me. All the time. Almost every time I, when I think I know what, your thinking is wrong. And it's that idea of being open-minded and flexible. Um, and that, that's what it's saying that this idea of the day, of the Tao Te Ching, the, the virtue, and it has two approaches, one that you know, and the other I need to know or I do not know. This, um, And if you look at the uh, Jonathan Starr, book that I mentioned before, uh, the Tao Te Ching Translation and Commentary, the Definitive Edition. He used a couple of words I thought that was really good for this. Know-it-allness. You know, that's, that's often from that. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think, that's what he thinks they're talking about here is know-it-allness and using outer knowledge rather than inner knowledge. I mean, there's nothing worse than having to deal with a know-it-all. Nothing worse. Because they never learn. I was living in Bulgaria once, and my dad was a visiting professor there, and um, one of his colleagues, uh, she, she, she wasn't a professor, she was just a friend of his, and she said, you know, teachers don't really ever learn anything. They just regurgitate information to which my dad replied well for you know no we're constantly learning new things i mean there's there's constantly updates and and all that sort of thing but um yeah it's it's when you're an open vessel you are open to learning more when we approach situations in life from this state of powerlessness this state of open-mindedness this this idea of the weaker I get, the stronger I become. I think it's the same principle, the same principle, that I do not have this figured out. You know, I told y'all, I think most recent post on my wall is, I do not know, in big letters, right above my monitor, I do not know. And my wife tells me, she says, what is that for? I said, I do not know. She said, well, when you want to know, come ask me because I do know. I said, okay. <laughs> but all goes back, it all goes back to this idea of setting aside the ego, doesn't it? I mean, that's... It does, Paul. It does. And, and vulnerability comes with that. 
I mean, you're vulnerable when you say, I do not know. Uh, that That's that open-mindedness, that, that openness of opening my heart to being open to others' ideas, of being loving instead of dominating. You know, that I think that's what this is about. Craig? I find it more difficult to admit to an adult that I don't know when I do it, when I do it with my kids. Um, I usually find that if I've got if I've got issues with Callum or there's there's something going on and he's he thinks that I should know everything. I think it's times we just need to say, I'm like, do you know how you just learn to be nine? Do you know how every day you learn something new? Well, being a dad's kind of like that as well. Every day, every day something happens with you. It's, it's, it's something different for me because I've never had a nine-year-old boy in my life all the time. So I think it's easier to admit that you're constantly learning than it is to turn around to, to somebody and just say, I don't know. Um, I, know it's, I know it's a strength admitting that weakness that, that you don't know, but I think it does show an openness that, you, that, you're, willing to, that you're willing to learn rather than just trying to waffle your way through something. You know, and getting comfortable with that, Craig, getting comfortable with not knowing, because for me, that's an uncomfortable, used to be a very uncomfortable place to be. I had confidence in knowing, and that made me feel more confident in everything. Now I'm learning to be comfortable with not knowing. That openness of not knowing, I don't know how to explain that, but maybe maybe if you're starting to experience that, you know what I'm talking about. But that comfortableness, there's a peace really that comes when you're in a state of not knowing. That vulnerability really brings peace. I think that is one of the things that powerlessness brings when we open our heart and say, I just don't know. There's a peace that comes with that vulnerability that I just don't get anywhere else. Kind of the first step, admit you're powerless. It is, and that's what, that, that turning your will and your life over to the care of God in the third step is a lot of this idea of just being open-hearted and doing the next right thing without having to have it all figured out and without bringing condemnation about past mistakes and keeping it in the moment really helps with that for me. You cannot find your way when you think you already know the answer. One of the translations said it's the opposite of our natural inclination but leads to harmony with the heavens. That's the virtue. That's the day, I think. The TE, the day of the Tao Te Ching, is learning to be open-minded, learning not to know, learning to wait, learning to be at ease in an uneasy situation, not letting the situation take our peace because our peace is not dictated by what's going on around us. Mm, you've, just remind, you've just reminded me about the talking about the day. I read the I read the Tao of Pooh, and it's it's the double version. It's got the Day of Piglet in it as well. I've never actually got into reading the Day of Piglet, and I've kind of run out of things to read at the moment. So I'm kind of between what I want what I want to do. So that's 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 what we're going to pick up. That's what we pick up tonight. And let me know what you think of that. I I listened to that a while back. I haven't listened to it lately. Maybe I need to revisit it. Uh, what we think we know. Do we know what we want? 
Do we know what we don't want? Really, do we know? I think I know what I want. I think I know what I don't want. But do I really? I think I know what I need. I think I know what I don't need. But do I really know that? Craig? I think you generally know what you want, but you don't know in finer details. Or how you're going to achieve it. I think I know how to be happy. But do I really? How'd you do it, though? Do what? How'd you do it, though? I want to be happy as well, but I want to be incredibly rich. See? I don't want to be, I don't want to be incredibly rich because that, that's the well, taste of materialism. But deep but, down, you really do. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> be honest now, Craig. Come on now. You open the door. I've planted that seed myself, right? Uh, today, okay. I to, today, I want to be rich. But it's knowing how you, it's knowing how you do it. I think, I think the journey's in the finer detail. And... I just want us to challenge our thinking on what we think we know. We think we know all this stuff. I think I think the problem is thinking too much. Yes, Paul. Yes. Just, just be. Yes. <laughs> exactly, Paul. Exactly. I think I know how to succeed. I think I know how to fail. But do I really? You know? How many times have I failed and it ended up being the best things that happened for me when I thought it was the worst? So the things I think I know, I really don't. So I need to throw that stuff out. <laughs> and it's worse when you think you know what's best for other people when really we, we really don't know what's good for ourselves. So do we do that just to take the focus off ourselves and meddle in other people's affairs? Our ego loves to keep the focus on us. So any way that it can, even if it substitutes someone else, it'll do it. How about this? This is from 418 in the big book. Today I find it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, being an alcoholic. This proves I don't know what's good for me. And if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I'm better off if I don't give advice or if I don't know. Don't figure I know what's best and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life, as it actually is. Tina? <clears throat> I think that's something that we've been talking about, or not that I've been talking about lately, um, working really hard on not to give advice to people um, and it really comes back to because I don't know and that's where I, I've been constantly stressing and I write it down all the time that all we can do is share our experience, strength and hope and I think sometimes that, that's a, it's a, a blurry line um, you know and I have, a, I have a friend in the program that I love when, when she speaks she, she will say you know well some will say, oh, I don't know if anybody has any advice on that, or I don't know what to do. And she'll say, well, um, or someone will say, I don't have any good advice. I'm going to pass at a meeting. And she'll say, well, it's a good thing we don't give advice here. We only give our experience, strength, and hope. And I love that reminder. And so I, I make a conscious effort when I'm talking to somebody to say, well, here's, what, here's the things I've been through. Here's what has worked for me so far. 
But there, I find great comfort in that not knowing because I used to think I had the answers, which gave me a moral obligation <laughs> to to guide everybody else into their wisdom, rightful truth. Yes, Tina. Uh, fix everyone. Yes. And I remember being so happy the first time I got into recovery and I heard somebody say, you're not, you're not responsible for the world's happiness. Wow. And I almost cried because no one had ever told me that. I had never thought that. I, it was a real thought I had. And I, it was life-changing for me, just those words. Yeah, that, that's a pretty big burden to carry around, isn't it? What a relief. To solve everybody's problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a relief not to be responsible for others' happiness. What a relief. You know, and the, the same with our people we work with in recovery, our sponsees. You know, we're not responsible to get them sober, nor will we. We can't. We don't take the credit when they get sober, nor do we take the blame if they get drunk. We just share how we did it. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Tina. That's good. Thank you. This is what Stephen Mitchell had to say. The phrase, kindly taught them to not know. The ancient masters taught them the supreme value of don't know mind, which is forever fresh, open, and fertile with possibilities. Another name for the beginner's mind. So it's this beginner's mind. My friend Zachy and I talked about this chapter one morning. And he, he thought about his children, how when children want to do something, but they won't let you show them how to do it. And they, no, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. And until they let you, you cannot show them. How much does that parallel how we do? We want to know something, but we don't want to be shown because we already know. This is from Derek Lynn. He said, uh, think of your life as a sovereign state and yourself as the ruler. If, like many people, you run your life with cleverness and contrived craftiness, you will also make things more complex and difficult to manage. A complicated life filled with tension and stress is one where joy has been taken away by none other than yourself. You would thus be the thief who robs your own life of happiness. So you're the thief robbing your own life. It's not someone else saying, you know, when we're disturbed, it's back to us again. We're back to us. I'm looking to see what I've missed. Oh, I was listening to a book by Rob Bell the other day called Velvet Elvis. It's his first book. And he was talking about our belief system and how we take our belief system and it and our belief system can be, in his thinking, one of two approaches. It could be like a wall with blocks or a trampoline. If it's a wall and we lose one of these things that we think we know and take a block out, the, the wall can collapse. But if our belief system is like the springs on a trampoline, we can lo lose several springs in a trampoline and still bounce fine. So his thinking was our belief systems need to be like a trampoline versus a wall where we have these fixed things that if we lose one of these fixed beliefs, 
that our whole wall will collapse. And that's keeping that open beginner's mind in my thinking. Because I looked at some things I believed. I said, gosh, if I were to find out, find out this was a lie or that was a lie, would my whole belief system collapse? And it, it took some uh, self-reflection for me to look at that. But that, uh, I said, I have to have an open mind and have a belief system like a trampoline, really. That really spoke to me that, uh, that this openness that I have, that that needs to continue with everyone and everything. Yeah, that's good. Tina? <clears throat> that's a great analogy. I really I really like that. It's a good um, check and check and I need checks and balances to say if, if one thing changed, would everything collapse? Because I've also found that I'm I'm always changing, as we all are. We're 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 always changing, so what might be right for us at twenty four, our belief system it might suit us at the time. But when we turn into a parent or whenever we, we get cancer or parents pass, anything, we, I think our needs change and our belief systems change to suit us. And, and so that's another reason that I need to remain fluid and also realize that people are at different spots in their life. And I try not to judge where they're at. And I've read a lot to say, I've read many times that you – you don't say I'm doing, I'm more spiritually advanced. I'm here, I'm there, because who, who's to say what that is? Um, because sometimes the, the youngest minds are the smartest minds because they have, as I've uh, been told, there's no bad habits to break if I'm trying to teach you something and you've already developed your ways. I'm not trying to change your mind, you know, because there's a clean slate. But there's been... There's been too many times that I've been wrong in the past for me to, and I think that's kind of helped me realize I don't have the answers. I don't want to say not even just wrong, but just I thought, oh, that's a different way to look at it. And it, it, it's really hard, I think, especially for leaders um, because they're trained to, I'm thinking about my husband in this situation who is a boss, and he has all these people asking him things every day, and he has to quickly um, come up with the right or wrong answer. And so when I talk to him sometimes, you know, he's already trying to problem solve. And we were talking about the other day, like it's a, you know, some people, that's what they do. And it's, it's so it does get hairy whenever I see people saying, I need to have the answer because it's more efficient for my life. Like, but if you have the time or make the time to just listen, sometimes my kids come up with better ideas than I do on how to do stuff. And I thought I've never looked at it that way before, but it's, it's better to look at it from a simple mind. You, you know, Tina, we can, we can have the, our ideas about something and be open-minded at the same time. It's not that we have to not have an idea about anything but there's this peace that comes from acceptance that I don't have all of the answers. You know, we can be at that place and have an idea, but yet still be open to other people at the same time. I, I've learned I can do, and that gives me peace knowing that you know, it's not that I have to, you know, think of myself as less, you know, that like I don't have any solutions that, I'm worthless. My ideas don't matter. You know, it's not that. It's that 
we're open, our hearts open to other people, and we're willing to take, to consider what they have to say, and not come from this egotistical point, this point of cleverness, this point of know-it-allness, you know, that, that, that we have all the solutions, you know. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else before we go to Wayne Dyer? Wayne Dyer has some good stuff today, I think, Craig. Yep. Um, so he calls this chapter Living by Staying Simple-Hearted. Uh, and he uses the words um, ruling a country. Uh, now, I've used country as the aspect of running a family, running a business, running anything that you're Anything, anything in a position of responsibility rather than a position of leadership or um, being better than somebody. So he says, if you're currently in the important position of ruling a country, I encourage you to take this wisdom especially to heart. If you're not, I suggest studying this passage of the Tao Te Ching from the perspective of your personal life, which most likely involves leading others. Supervising or parenting shouldn't be imposing bureaucratic rules or impressing others with your supposed intelligence and superiority. A truly influential person isn't cunning, doesn't shine forth, rule with cleverness or instill fear in those he or she is designated to oversee. As Lao explains, sorry, as Lao Tzu explains, when they know they do not know, people can find their own way. In other words, they effectively guide others to their own nature. The realisation you're invited to consider here is that your job is to help others know that they don't know. If they well, believe stop there. Stop there. To help others know that they don't know. So your job is not to tell them. Your job is to help them know that they need to look too. Just like you're looking. And the idea behind that, I think, and they, he says it in the, in the translation that he uses, is and we saw this in the other translations too that let's start with the simplest answer usually the simplest patterns the clearest usually what 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 do we hear in recovery to to keep it simple stop thinking and end your problems a lot of times i start if i'm troubleshooting something i used to have a job that i troubleshot a lot okay what is the simplest solution let's start there Maybe the power's off. Oh, my God, the power was off. (laughs) The button hasn't been pushed. (laughs) Okay? I mean, the simplest things a lot of times are the answer, not the most complicated. So just starting there and, and this realization that we don't have to have the solution, let's just be open minded and and start there. Yeah. If they believe that they do have knowledge, then they'll never find their way back to Tao nature. That's because they're relying on ego input, which tells them that their true essence is their identification with physical or material world. Who lives One, one who lives according to the Tao knows that ego is a false master, drawing people away from knowing the true nature. Implementing teachings of this verse by refusing to convey superiority or intellectual ingenuity. Instead, show others how to live from, from the down perspective what's best for them. Nor do you even know with any degree of certainty how your own life should go. I think we already mentioned that earlier on. 
Let other people know that you're willing to ask for guidance. Show them that you're not in charge, either of them or of what happens to you. Allow them to see a man or woman's humble lives peacefully in cycles of life and stays simple-hearted. As you change the way you look at leadership, you'll see that individuals who are willing to surrender their egos enjoy a connection to the divinity and become simple-hearted leaders. Their only task is to help everyone in their sphere of influence realise that they also do not know. Lao Tzu seems to smile wryly as he informs you of this wondrous paradox. I think about that when, when it comes to sponsorship. I think that type of leadership kind of rings through in that paragraph. You know, Craig, that that statement or phrase, individuals who are willing to surrender their egos, enjoy a connection to their doubt energy and become simple-hearted leaders. And that can apply to our individual life too, not just leaders. You know, that we're, that when we learn to be powerless in a situation, it just opens all of the alternatives that we can't see. I mean, when I go into a, a meeting, when I go to an AA meeting, when I sit down, I try to open my heart to each individual person and send them love. And then I started by praying that before I used to do that, I would come in and pray, God, give me something to share. That's going to help someone here. Not make, you know, before I did that, I would say, Oh, I, I learned, I heard this somewhere. I can share that. And they'll think I'm spiritual by what I'm sharing. You know, that kind of a thing, you know, I'd want to look good in front of them. That was when I first started coming in. And then that changed to God, what can I share that would help someone? And sometimes I just didn't share. Most times I did anyway, but, you know, I would have something, you know, I, I got to talk. But, you know, I learned to do that and be open-hearted and open-minded about, you know, w- with an intention of what can I do to help, not what can I do to make myself look good. Um, it reminds me of- that reminds me of a conversation that we had one time, and he says to me, if you've got something to share in a meeting, that, that's fine, but don't sit there trying to think of something that's going to make you look smart, because just remember, you're trying to impress a group of drunks here, and if that's what you're trying to do, then you know you really need to up your game. Exactly. Exactly, Greg. <laughs> that's good. Blend in those whom you feel compelled to supervise by trying on these new ways of thinking and being. Be willing to proudly say to those in your charge, I don't know. This phrase is a symbol of strength rather than weakness, so use it freely. When you teach others to do the same, they'll begin to allow their highest selves to be guided by the great way. Keep in mind that nature never forces anything to grow, but is silently and invisibly ever-present. Do the same to the best of your ability by not forcing yourself and your ideas on anyone. The sensible precautions for those too young or too immature take on that The simple truth is that neither we nor anyone else really knows what's ideal for ourselves or others. There's a silent destiny always at work. There are fortunes as well as misfortunes in every life, independent of our particular opinions. Practice keeping your life simple and uncomplicated. Okay, this should be good. Hopefully this is the answer. Model this behavior for those you feel obliged to lead. Wait. Model this behavior for those you're you feel obliged to lead not tell them what to do but you you show them okay yeah lead lead by example right lead by example exactly paul 
We're told that uh, we've been told that all of our lives, haven't we? And they say that that kids will will you can tell kids what to do, but they're going to do more by just watching you do it, which was impactful to me when I try to tell them what to do all the time. Well, I just need to model it. They're going to do what you do, not what you say. Right. There you go. You want to continue, Craig? Yeah. Rather than analyzing a situation from every angle, trying to come up with the most viable solution, trust your first instinct and take the simplest and least problematic route. Don't pull vote over mousehoods. By the time you've discussed that many options available to you, the problem itself could have been long behind you had you simply disposed of the rodent droppings with a simple tissue and dumped them in the garbage. Here's, what, here's some great advice for you. As well as the leaders of countries who are often so mired in bureaucratic red tape that they become paralysed. Keep it simple. Do the Dow now. In as many ways as possible, demonstrate your understanding of what Lao Tzu meant by asking leaders to be content with an ordinary, with an ordinary life. Spend the day without the label of parent, supervisor or boss and put yourself on an equal footing with those you usually look to for direction. Think of yourself as one of those you lead. In fact, pretend that you are him or her for one day. This will give you an awareness of how to put the Tao to work right away. I find that when I practice this with my children, they respond according to, the, to their own best and true nature. For example, when I simply say to my teenage daughter, I know that you're perfectly capable of being responsible and sensible while I'm out of town, and I love that about you. I remove the authoritarian parent label and treat her the way I'd want to be treated. When this becomes the norm, it's obvious that Lao Tzu is correct. The simplest pattern is the clearest. The simplest pattern is the clearest. That worked well with one of my children. <laughs> and the other one it worked with sometimes. Comments? It also reminds me of when we read to solve your problems while they are small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This vulnerability that we bring into relationships and situations in life, because almost every situation is a relationship, really, when you think about it, with someone about something. And learning, I've been listening, I mentioned this the other day, Tina, to Gabby Bernstein's book, uh, The Universe Has Your Back. And one thing that that reinforced for me was this idea that we're one. So when I'm in conflict with someone, we're really not separate. If I can think of how we're similar, I can usually get some peace in the situation rather than thinking how we're separate. Uh, that, that helps me. And that starts for me with, if I can start with gratitude about, you know, what I'm grateful for in that person, if I can find something that I'm grateful for, which I always can if, I, if I'm open-minded, don't think I have it figured out, and then I can start seeing similarities, because there's always similarities. There's always similarities. And if I can start there, then I can get some understanding and, and take this personalization out of whatever's going on, that they're not doing this to me. And I can I can start getting some peace in the situation and some open mindedness. And once I'm open minded, I can get some peace about it, whether I'm happy with it or not. Because there are unfair situations that happen. I don't have to be happy with it to be at peace about it. I just have to accept it. I can accept things sometimes that are unfair or not the way I would like for them to be. 
Tina? Um, yes, and also I'm, I just started um, reading the second book by Gabby, uh, Super Attractor, or listening to it on Audible. And I, it's a great continuation, I've found. Um, um, I would just wrote down a few things from one of the first things that you talked about with te- the best leader teaches teaches that you don't know anything. And throughout, throughout the years, my opinion on this has changed, but my husband, who, who's a machinist, comes from a line of machinists, is it's the best. It's best to learn from somebody who's been there, but you know, from the older guys. And his his grandpa was about ninety, I think. And he told my hut my husband. He said, "You know, I've taught you everything I know, and you're still stupid." <laughs> <laughs> and at first, I thought, "How mean!" And then I thought it was funny. And then it, it's kind of developed developed into this right right now to this moment when you said that's the best way to teach and and also they'll say I don't know anything you don't know anything and I just but that sentence that made me laugh has evolved into something really great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly that's um, and then and then about what we what we don't want Gabby was talking about viewing the things in our life the problems as a gift you know, and, they, and, and if anything, it teaches us what we don't want. It was one of the reoccurring themes I kept hearing throughout this. Um, because we don't have it figured out. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. There's a lot in here. I really enjoyed this reading. I feel like there's so many. From each sentence, we could just, there's so much. Yeah, you know, this idea of approaching life from that beginner's mind, being simple-hearted, I think is the whole point. Situations that we think we have figured out, if we approach them, well, what do you have to show me here? I'm open. I'm available. That idea of being available in situations rather than, or with people. I have this person figured out. I have, you know, this person has contributed all to my life that they can, or I've contributed all to their life that I can. What if we take those packages off, you know, and we say, okay, I'm open to this person today because I have people in my life. I have a difficult time, you know, that I have to interact with. I think they have nothing to contribute to my life, really. I mean, deep down that I'm just having to deal with them. What if I looked at them differently and I said, what can I learn from them today? Or what, how can I love them today? Or how can, you know, how can I be open hearted to them today? You know, that whole idea of of open-heartedness in a different way rather than having those, even those relationships figured out. It can bring a whole other aspect to our life that we're not seeing. Yeah, that's good. That's all I have, guys. Any closing comments? No, I needed this one today. That's, 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 been, a good, that's, that's been a good reading. That's... Um... Yeah, Tina's right. There's definitely more in this than, than first meets the eye. It, it's so simple that, that that's the whole paradox of it. You know, the, the idea is, is being open-hearted, you know, being willing to learn. So you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week.
Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.